Blog Talk Radio.
all right? We talk about them. Because, you know, so many of us, um, I'm, I'm fortunate if I have my children, okay? You know, a lot of us do have families, and uh, that's really a good thing. And um, it, they turned out okay, amazing, amazing, okay? <laughs> they turned out okay. So um, I do have that, you know. But still in all, there's that little thing about blues because um, – what happens is uh, we have our past, like we were talking on the phone just a minute ago. You 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 called me, and um, you know it's we have the past that we have to deal with because as we were growing up, so many of us, not all of us, but so many of us, you know, um, went through horrific times on holidays, and you know a lot of times maybe it's because there's drinking involved, um, and then people act stupid. You know, the the parents act stupid. And um, the children then have a bad feeling about the holidays each year as they come along. And that creates a whole bunch of problems. And that in itself can cause, you know, if it goes, you know, un, I'm not going to say undetected. People know they're not happy. But if it goes uh, to the point where they don't get help for it for the holiday blues, where it's actually considered a, a problem, um, they can get depressed. And it's a, it's a horrible thing that's going on in our country, you know, with depression right now because of all the things that are happening everywhere. I just saw on the news a 17-year-old kid just got murdered by his schoolmates. I mean, every, everybody's going nuts, Okay. So with the holiday blues, you know, it's it's something that does affect a lot of people. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I, no, I heard you I go. Didn't say that. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I heard I, you I'm make reading. a noise. I'm agreeing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, so know, pretty much it, I was just in agreement with you. I was just in agreement with you. Um, this is the time of year we're jolly and holly for the holidays. But you made a, a very strong statement. You know, people deal with depression. And sometimes around this time of year, remembering or dealing with, you know, family conflict or not having a family or losing loved ones can be very challenging for a lot of people. Yes, that's so, so, so true. And that's what a lot of us here, like on NASCA and all the other shows that are popping up here and there, I mean, people are, are identifying, you know, with the things that we're saying right now. And um, But they don't know what to do with that, you know. I, I was giving a presentation um, at a university you know, some years ago now, a few years ago with this one, and um, right before the COVID, and, and Thanksgiving was coming up, okay. And she didn't want to go. She stood up and she said she didn't want to go and, uh, you know, go to Thanksgiving dinner because there are too many people that she was going to see there that she had problems with when she was a kid, all right? In other words, it could be sexual abuse, physical, mental. She's not going to go into all that detail in front of all those people, okay? It was a big, a lot of people. But she made it clear that there were feelings of, of um, you know, resentment and, and everything else that she had inside of her and what she, she, should she do, you know? Um, should she stay home? Um, should she go and and have a horrible time? Um, you know, see, people go through this. And um, usually a couple of weeks before the actual holiday comes around, 
they start feeling that holiday blue problem. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a good, that was a good, this is actually a great topic. Unfortunately, you know, people are dealing with this. Um, and this is a real issue for a lot of people. Um, I know we have a few people on the line, so um, just wanted to see if anyone is dealing with um, any holiday blues or has any comment in regards to that topic. Um, I know I recently I was uh, working with, well, I was speaking with a few people who've been through the foster care system, and, you know, uh, we have, like, a support group. And uh, a lot of people were speaking about that. They were, like, you know, being separated from your families and experiencing that loss of family, that separation, that nobody cares about you, and then feeling isolated, maybe, you know, going through that in your personal life and then going through that with your family or not having family at all can be very triggering and um and it could be a very difficult time. And and I can relate to some of that, to be honest. So that that was actually a good topic. So the mics are open. I don't know, Lori, hello, you're on here and Mr. Phillips. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump right in. Um, in my case, I've got the alienation type thing. Um, I totally walked away from the family when my son was a toddler. So I raised him um, with no family around the holidays, you know, still doing what we could. But he knew that there was, you know, something missing. Um we were able to pull it off, but we weren't happy about it, just being us. Because you look around, look around the neighbors' houses, and it was a, a nice development I lived in, and they had a lot of family. So um, when you look out there, yeah, you do get depressed. Um, but, you know, it was what it was. It got better, you know, as as we got older. And we realized that it was my son realizing that it is just the three of us and this is the way it's going to be. Uh, for for now, last few years, he perked himself up. And this year he's actually happy. He's looking forward um, just to Christmas in this new house here. So it can change. Um, over time, you can't like totally focus that that's going to be your life forever. Somebody might come into your life, maybe they invite you over or before or after. They can include you somehow. I mean, I used to go over to my friend's house on Christmas Eve every year, you know, and there was no Christmas at my house, so I decided I'm going to have at least Christmas Eve. So it's a matter of just don't give up. It's not going to be like that. It doesn't have to be like that forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, yeah, Lori, we were just talking about you before. <laughs> she she's very, always has a lot of good things to say. Um, you know, yeah, okay, that's your situation. That's how you are. And like in, in my situation... Um, maybe others want to uh, also share, you know, what they go through. I'm hoping that people call in, and because uh, the more the merrier, because this is a major problem. It can and does lead to depression. Okay, so because there are uh, several abusers in my family, 
you know, I I didn't want to <laughs> I didn't want to see them at Christmas time at Thanksgiving, and I always felt so odd, so different, so um, out of place, and I wasn't even you know the person that was I was the victim when I was a kid. We all are, you know. Um, they're the ones that should feel shame or whatever, you know. And yet um, they always treated me as though I was someone from outer space, someone different, and, and I was different. We all are different because of what we go through. And then when we get on our healing journey, I think Nancy said something like that, Dr. Nancy said something. Um, when you get on the healing journey, then as time goes by, as time goes by, you learn to deal with those stressors. There is a, um just want to just make mention of this. Um, I, I'm going to cite here that I get a lot of information from. And uh, this is NAMI, okay? It's the Mental Health and Holiday Blues, N-A-M-I. And people, you know, out there, you can look things up yourself. Um, I learned a lot from school and all that, but I also... Um, I, I do a lot of research, and with the holidays being so close, and they are getting close, um, I decided, let me look up the holiday blues, okay? And uh, it's, most of the symptoms, I'm not going to go over, read it out, you know, too much of it, but I'm going to hit upon certain things, just for discussion's sake, too. But the holiday blues, um, most cases and symptoms are temporary, usually, when holidays are over, however, anything that lasts two weeks or more, um, you have to go and get some help, all right? Because you're going to be you're suffering from many times anxiety, and if you have too much anxiety and, and feelings of resentment, because you had to look at those monsters, I call them monsters, um, among family, it can lead to problems. Do I go or do I stay away? A lot of times you're thinking to yourself, why did I bother to go? Okay, because I just got annoyed or I got upset. Um, I tell people that when they feel that way, you know, when they're, when they're going through so many uh, emotional stressors, which can cause into and lead into depression, the thing to do is to remove yourself from the situation. I even told that lady that particular night, um, go see the relative especially the one who's throwing the party, right? Like uh, the day before, help her cook, all right? You know, and, and nobody else will be there, especially the, the ones that you don't want to see. And or wait until after the holiday. In the meantime, during the holiday, um, I tell people, and I did it one year. I did. I've told this on, on air. One year, I just did not want to see certain people. So I went to a soup kitchen. Yes, I did. And I worked in that soup kitchen, and I felt so much better being around people who appreciated what I was doing, appreciating all each other's efforts. And um, we had a good meal, okay? And, uh, you know, you go home and you feel good about yourself because you did something good. That's one way of handling it. If you have a therapist because you're a depressive-type spirit, um, to begin with, because of what you've gone through as a child, and, and you still haven't gone, you know, all the way through your healing journey. It takes a long time. Everybody has different um, times of healing, okay? So maybe you say halfway through your healing journey. And uh, you need to have, you know, someone that you can speak to, whether it be a coach, whether it be a counselor, 
or whether it be, um, you know, a therapist in the sense of therapists can work with psychiatrists, and if you do need meds, um, that's okay, and never feel shameful about that if you need meds, because uh, there's a reason for that, isn't there? Okay, <laughs> all right. Um, don't self-medicate. Don't do that. I used to do that many years ago. I used to self-medicate, and I don't know why I'm working this earth, okay, because I was mixing pills and, and Valium and, and um, what was the other thing, on oh, booze. I shouldn't be alive. <laughs> I really shouldn't be. I guess I was meant to be on this show with a big mouth, okay? So the thing is that, you know, I'm trying to guide people out there to tell them don't hurt yourself because what you're doing when you're self-medicating, you may think you're feeling better at the time, but when you wake up the next day, if you do wake up, okay, if you're mixing too many things, that's not good. Um, if you, you know, when the next day comes, you still have the same problem. See, there's no solution there. There's no solution there. And too often people do self-medicate, whether it be for holidays or whether it be because they're feeling um, blue for other reasons, um, whether they're feeling uh, depressed or whether they're feeling this and that. And they don't know what they're doing. I, mean, I was 17. I was 16, 15. Um, I was 13 when I first started to drink. All right? I was trying to escape. This is what we do. We try to escape, you know, the feelings that we're having. Um, so hopefully, you know, if you don't have a therapist, get one, get a coach. Um, this article mentions here to do uh, exercising. The exercising makes you feel good. I actually used to run. I was a runner. Uh, and I jumped the hurdles in school, too, okay? Um, I did that. And um, I won awards for my uh, abilities for, uh, you know, with gymnastics and all kinds of stuff. I was very good with that. That and music, those two things, okay? And that made me feel good about me. Hey, I'm not the stupid person they say that I am. I'm not a dummy. I do have talent. I can do things. I can do this. They can't. So you see, what I'm trying to say here is, you know, during this time of the year, this article mentioned self-care. You know, be extra nice to yourself because other people have been extra mean to you, all right, over the years as you were growing up and going through all different things, the physical, the mental, the emotional uh, types of abuse that we speak about right here on this show and what's right in the uh, mission statement to educate people, you know, and to talk to them and, and so forth and so on. So I, I, think, um, I think this time of the year is hard. And if you have um, a family, you're lucky. Um, there's so many people walking the streets now that have no family, and there's plenty before. And it, it's just the time of year that uh, there's going to be a lot more suicide. The suicide rate for children is astounding. I did research just yesterday. I started on that. And um, for the ages of 10 to 34, that's a big gap. All right, in age, I think that's kind of big. But from the ages of 10 to 34, it actually breaks down um, in the United States, okay. Um, then there was one global one that I did have about how many um, young people, you know, are so, so suicidal right now. 
So this is a rough time of the year for holidays, and it's a rough time of time to be alive because of everything that's going on in our world. What do you have to say? I agree. I agree with you. Um, Something you said earlier really stood out to me. Uh, The importance of helping others, um, I can relate to that because I love volunteering. I go through stages where I have to focus on my mental health, my self-care, so I, like, go in really hard with volunteering, and then sometimes I step back really hard, uh, and that's mm-hmm. just a good balance for me because um, I'm a giver, 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 but sometimes I'm like, no, I, I need a minute. Uh, and that's okay. I, I have to have my, my quiet time and focus, meditate, and work on my healing, and, and it's a good balance. But anyway, like you said, um, for the holidays, I remember for Christmas, my family and I, we would just go and go to, um, you know, volunteer somewhere and give away gifts or, you know, I'll just take the kids because it's like they didn't need anything. And you know what? Let's, let me teach them about giving. So I would take them to give uh, when they were younger. And um, just giving back, to be honest with you, it makes me feel happy. I appreciate being around people who appreciate me. I appreciate being around people who appreciate my um just my my purpose, my my presence, and so I just um, take the time, just like what you said, to volunteer and be around even strangers who appreciate me more than people that know me. So, but but it helps me feel good. It it, it fills my heart and it helps me feel like I'm living my life on purpose while I'm here. Um, so exercising daily, I haven't been exercising daily. I know Philip, don't don't start, uh, but. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. exercising does help. So walking and, and breathing and getting those uh, hormones flowing and some sweat going, that does help you. Um, I know one time I dealt with a real big crisis, and the day before I did yoga. And while I was dealing with the crisis, I was so calm. And I was like, why? I mean, it was so ridiculously calm because it was a real big situation I was dealing with with one of my children. It was so severe. It was very shocking. But I dealt with it so calm. But I understood that I did yoga the day before, and I was walking so light the whole day or the whole couple of days leading up to that incident to the point that when that situation hit me from left field, I didn't fall down. I actually was like, okay, all right. I was so calm. It was, you know, um, a little ridiculous, but it was it was so good because health-wise, I didn't have a heart attack or a stroke, and I was able to deal with it. Um, so giving back, giving, helping others, and, and seeking help. Like, I feel like every coach needs a coach, every counselor needs a counselor. I know um, one time I spoke to a therapist, and she told me that she blocks out time, and I have my own my own coach, okay, my own support system. Um, but I also, um, the lady told me that she blocks out like six-hour sessions or four-hour sessions, and she's a therapist, she's a counselor. And when she told me that, I was Mm -hmm. like, wow, you know? She was like, yeah, when I do my sessions, they're like, I don't know if it was like two or four hours. It was something where it was extreme to me. Um, Two hours is not bad. So I think it was like four to six hours, something like real in-depth, where she lays on the couch and she just unloads. And um, and you know what? I said, hey, whatever works. I think that's awesome. That's part of self-care. So you did mention mm-hmm. self-care. Uh, for me, I'll say it's really important to, to recognize your triggers. I have triggers. Mm-hmm. 
I know I have triggers. Um, sometimes I'm forced to be in situations that I don't want to be forced to be in, and I force myself to it because I'm also trying to grow through some of some of the things that, you know, I'm I'm used to being like, nope, I'm not doing this. Nope, I'm not talking to that. Nope, I'm not saying I'm not being around that. But sometimes when I stretch myself, I do find that I find something beautiful on the other side. So learning to grow and being okay with my growth um, and looking at it from a positive point of view. And, and I know that we're so protective because we've been through high levels of abuse. So protection is really important. Um, and normally I tell people, girl, protect your peace and remove yourself. But sometimes I say, well, you know what? Try it. It may not be as bad. So, um, I do try to have a positive outlook and try things before I completely shut it out. I do try sometimes. So that's just mm-hmm. me. Uh, Philip, <laughs> you over there? Yes. <laughs> okay. Did any uh, of what we talked about resonate with you a little bit? Um, what the holiday blues or, you know, triggers and the holidays, do you have to some people that you might be a little nervous about or anything? Yes, the holidays made me nervous and, like, depressed because I didn't have anybody to be with. And because it was, like, associated with cooking, the holiday meal, it was associated with cooking in general, that my dad was going to be a monster or whatever, you know. So it was kind of stressful. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Well, you so know how do you what? feel about this holiday? Yeah. About yeah. this holiday coming up, have you tried are you preparing in any way have you tried any any tools or anything to help people cook as far as tools go i was hoping that we would talk about it on nasca so i'm glad i made it to this one tonight so we can talk about it here yeah okay mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. so well i'm gonna say one thing sometimes we just have to try to like like I said, it's okay to try something new, but sometimes it's okay to not try too hard to overextend ourselves and really and do listen to your body and to your triggers. So, like, if you're feeling really sick about something, remove yourself from the place. Like me, those are things that work for me. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm saying, you know, for me, I've removed myself from the place, had to get away, take some deep breaths, you know, and just try to compose myself, get myself together. And I try to come back to see if it was okay. And then I came back and was still a little better. Um, but definitely, I'll say, you know, don't over. For me, I wouldn't overextend myself um, if I'm not feeling well. I don't know if uh, Miss Carol or Miss Lori has any, any suggestions for tools that they've used. This is a difficult one. It can't be hard. Yeah, you know, food food is a thing about the holidays, you know, because they have a lot yeah. of people cooking around and they're doing extra work and it's usually, you know, you would think people making cookies, making, you know, all the Christmas stuff. And if you've got a, a non-cooker in the house and a crazy father, which is what I basically had, and none of that stuff was being done there, you know, uh, the mood isn't going to get into your house. You have to get out of that house. Um, it might not be good, such a, a good idea to keep repeating, trying to think that it's going to be better the next time. Or it's going to be. You might have to make uh, your own new plan 
and how you want to spend your holidays, something new. Maybe, you know, go down to the soup kitchen. Go, you know, be with the, the senior homes or something that, you know, is going to bring yourself some cheer. We don't kind of know what you like with stuff. Uh, whatever it is that makes you feel better, get yourself away from what's going to bring you down because toxic is toxic. And um, basically to improve it in such a way that it's going to be making a difference, you're going to be wasting another year where you could be kind of repairing yourself and enjoying um, some of the holiday. Next year it will get better. Believe me, it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that, Lori. You know, so many times people get stuck. I, I, I'm the night owl. I'm the official night owl. <laughs> Whether I named myself that, I guess I did. But that's the way it is. And so often I get phone calls from people who are stuck. And they're afraid to move forward. And, and uh, they already know what their past is. And they're stuck in the middle. If you don't move forward, like you said, you know, and, and repeat, I agree with that. And, you know, keep every year repeating, going, going, going. When you're a kid, you can't help it because you have to be told what to do, right? You're not allowed to stay home, whatever. But as we grow older, you know, and in our 20s and 30s, we certainly have minds of our own. So, you know, change uh, toxic people. Get away from them and toxic uh, situations because if you don't, you're just going to stay stuck. And that's a very, very... Um, frustrating place for even me to listen. I listen to many people in the middle of the night, sometimes three, sometimes four, sometimes it's an hour-long conversation. I get off that phone, I'm frazzled. Do not call me before 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Lori knows. Someone called me this morning at at 11 o'clock. I don't know who I spoke to. (laughs) I really don't. I, I know my mouth was going, but I don't know who the person was. I had to get some sleep. So, you know, it's um, it, it's a better idea. Say to yourself, look, I'm not happy. Well, I already know I'm not happy. What can I do to make things better? If you need to, you know, speak to a counselor, if you need to speak to a coach, if you need to speak to a psychiatrist or, or a therapist, um, there's no shame in that. The shame is you're wasting your life being stuck. Now, one thing we do have on NASCA that we don't talk enough about is we do have programs. Now, this is depending on the person, you know, that I'm speaking to. But um, a lot of times people have been in the house for, you know, quite a while, and they've decided they want to get out and they want to be among people, Okay. But they don't know where to go. They want to be around people like themselves, like ourselves. We, the survivors, we, the survivors, okay? But if you go over to the programs, if you go to the front page of NASCA, N-A-A-S-C-A.org, NASCA.org, you will see in the red blocks, the very first block on the left-hand side are programs. You click on to that. You'll see the world spinning around. You know you're in the right place. And and you find the United States, because we do have some countries, you know, outside of the United States, um, English-speaking ones, and I think one Spanish. But the point is we have the United States. I'm from New Jersey right now. That's where I'm living. And um, 
so I would go to New Jersey. Everything's alphabetical. It's real simple. Everything is alphabetical. You click on to New Jersey, and then you scroll down to find an area near you. It might go by county or it might go by go city, whatever. You would be shocked at how many programs there are for we the survivors who are going through things that we're going through right now and all this other stuff and all the things that we've been through. And uh, you don't have to speak if you don't want to. You can you can listen. Um, and when you're ready to speak, you know, then you speak. And one thing nice about it is you can meet new people that way, okay, because it's not like, um, you know, like Zoom or, or any of the others. It's, uh, it's in person. And, and I was lucky because um, I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago, and I'm going to mention again. Um, two of the men that I sent down to southern Jersey, because they were from southern Jersey, they did not know each other, um, found a program near their home. There's no sign outside, just like on a shelter, right? There's no sign outside that says shelter, you know, for those who are abused or being beaten or any of that other stuff. And there's no sign on this these type of buildings either. And it's, you know, you can choose who you want to go and see. You try different programs. You might have three or four in your area, and you didn't even know it because it doesn't have a sign outside, okay? So this is a way you can make friends. So I received two phone calls about a week apart, and um, it was the number first guy that I had sent to a program, and then the second guy a week later. And they were very, very happy that I had sent them because they were able to make friends and they were able to um, not feel strange because the people, you know, they're survivors too. And um, so it's a good thing to, to look into. When you meet people, then you end up going to parties, you end up doing this, you get, you know, you get to know people. It, it actually makes your life better. Sometimes I have several parties to go to. I haven't been going late because I have to have a foot operation soon. Thank you. Oh, boy. But uh, I just don't feel like it. So, But you can meet all different kinds of people, you know, and it's getting back into living again. Because a lot of us, I went through a period of time where I was, you know, secluded. I was too inward, believe it or not. Me the mouth. I was inward, <laughs> okay? I was too quiet. And I was also, during that time, very sad. I was a sad person. And I, that's very dangerous when people are sad people. Um, I've worked places where people, I caught two people committing suicide. And, and that's not a fun thing to see. Um, one time at detention, um, those kids had committed adult crimes. And I had a bad feeling about this one girl. She started to give things away. See, this is depression. Now, when you're in detention, you don't have many things. But she was an artist. And and she started to draw pictures of horses, and they were beautiful pictures. We allowed for her to, you know, have paper and pencils and, and crayons and all sorts of stuff. And uh, I told her that I loved horses. I love any animal, except for a skunk. I don't like them. <laughs> There's a couple I don't like. But the point is she grew, she had this beautiful, um, beautiful horse. And she said, come here, Carol. I went over to her. She hadn't aged out. She was 17. 
And um, she said, here, this is for you. And I thanked her so profusely. I, I took it home. You know, I mean, it was a beautiful picture, very good artist, okay? Like our Lori here, she can do all kinds of stuff like that. She's very good. So the point is um, she started to give more things away, just little things, uh, whatever, a bar of soap, whatever, anything she had, she started giving things away that she had in her cell. These kids didn't have rooms. They had cells. They committed adult crimes. And they were volatile. So I thought to myself, I don't like what I'm seeing. So I went to work one day on purpose an hour early. I walked in. They didn't want me there because even if something bad happened, their insurance would not cover me. I wasn't due for another hour yet. I said, I don't care. I'm here. And I went right to her cell. And sure enough, she was trying to kill herself. She had a, a piece of sheet wrapped around her neck, very tight, and whether you're working for the county or whether you're working for the state, their their linens are not beautiful, okay? <laughs> They're very thin. So she was able to get a nice long strip to, to rip it off. If She was purple. So I screamed because I was right, and there's this, this, this girl who's 17 years old, and she's dying. And uh, so the nurses came running, and uh, they went quickly to get a certain scissor. And they were able to, she had to watch with her neck there, right? <laughs> they they were able to um, get that piece of, of sheet that she had so tightly around her neck off. And then because I was the one that found her, I had to be the one also to go in the van, and they did take her to uh, Willowbrook, okay? Now... Willowbrook is no longer around. Many of the mental institutions have been closed down. But when people are sad for too long, okay, she wanted to go and be with her mother who had passed away. And she had made that determination. Now, all right, so there is a person who is giving too many things away, things that she hardly had, whatever. Anything she could find, she was giving away. And then instead of being a rough, tough girl, she turned into a very serene, quiet girl, making her pictures and just totally a different child. That's a red flag. Okay. So you have her giving things away, and then you have her acting differently. She had made in her mind the idea that she was going to go and be with her mother. That's what she wanted to do. So when people are sad, that's why they have in every every textbook you look at or on the screen here on the computer, whatever, they always use two weeks. And and during this time of the year, when people are sad because of the holidays, because of maybe past issues that they had to go through as a child, and they don't want to see those toxic people, and they become anxious, and then anxiety turns many times into depression, you have to watch that person. You have to watch them because, and don't let them know you're watching them because then you'll, they, they won't act out in front of you. They'll just say, oh, oh, I better not act like this or they'll see something. If they've made that mind up that they're going to do it, they're going to act on it, then it's a very good idea to keep watch over that person. So I tell people this stuff because they need to learn and, and uh, maybe they can help save that, that young lady and, and all this other stuff. I will admit that I told the director that I had bad feelings about this child. 17 years old, you're still a child. 
and I had bad, funny feelings. And um, I had worked in other places before detention. So I learned schooling, all this sort of stuff. And um, and I had tried to commit suicide when I was 17. And I think we give off vibes or something. So I just knew it. So we were able to save her life. However, she did die about 10 years later. We saved her life at that time, but she didn't get the help that she needed. So that's what I'm saying. There's no shame in going and getting help. If you have feelings of sadness and feeling depression, you know, that lasts for about two weeks or more, go get help. Your life does matter. I don't care what type of background you had. Some of us have had horrific backgrounds, okay? I don't care what your background is. You are someone. You do matter. And go get help. Because I think Dr. Nancy had mentioned um, earlier that you, you know, self-care, and you are, and I had mentioned self-care too, you are a person and you deserve good treatment. So, and then, uh, of course, Lori had mentioned, if you're around toxic people, for God's sake, get away from them so that you can move forward. So these are solutions, okay, that um, can possibly help you just by doing these few things that I mentioned. Now, if you're eating or sleeping too much or too little, that's not good. And boy, am I in that category. <laughs> Lori knows. Hey, Lori, you're not much better. Okay. Pulling away from people. <laughs> I, I know. At 4 o'clock in the morning, hey, I think I better go to bed. Hey, the phone didn't ring. I think I'll go to sleep. Good night. <laughs> you know. Oh, my God. Pulling away from people and usual activities. See, that's the change in that girl. Pulling away from people and usual activities. Having low or no energy. Feeling numb or like nothing matters. See, that's a scary thing right there. Feeling numb or like nothing matters. That's when that person's mind has been made up, okay, what they're going to do. Having unexplained aches and pains. Feeling helpless and hopeless. Smoking, drinking, or using drugs more than usual. Feeling unusually confused, forgetful, on edge, angry, upset, worried, or scared. Yelling or fighting with family and friends. Experiencing severe mood swings. Many people are bipolar, and they have, during that time, they, they actually get, you know, they need more medication because they're sad that cause problems in relationships, having persistent thoughts and memories you can't get out of your head. I have that. Hearing voices or believing things that are not true. I don't hear voices. Okay. Thinking of harming yourself or others. And then the last one is inability to perform daily tasks like taking care of your kids or getting to work or school. So those are things that... If you're living with someone who is, um, you do know is depressed, I know that was a big mouthful there. But you can find this yourself, all right, and, and go over it. And that was considered the early warning signs and symptoms, okay. And what was that under? This is S-A-M-H-S-A, SAMHSA, or however you pronounce that. And uh, what is mental health? That's the topic. 
what is mental health. So around these these Christmas times, which I love, I love, I love the city, and I can't go to the city right now because I don't want to get whacked. Okay, so, but you know, I, I love the feeling of the city lights. You know, you know that song, the city lights. I love that, and um, being a part of people, and, and it's exciting, and it, it's uh, to me. I don't. I'm up in the mountains now, and I don't like it. And I've got bobcats out here. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and I'm afraid to take the garbage out because of the bobcats and, and bears. The bears are hibernating now. But um, so what I'm trying to get across to you is that, you know, if you know someone um, who has been abused in the family, physically, mentally, emotionally, sexually, all the abuses we speak about on this show, well, you don't know um, if that person doesn't show. You don't have to know all the signs, the difference in behavior, okay? That's a biggie right there. Just look at the difference in behaviors. Just keep an eye on them, okay? Just keep an eye on them. And uh, because around this time of the year, it's dangerous for a lot of people. Yeah. Pretty cool. Covered a lot. That's about yeah. you know yeah. the different types of people and the different ways and you know what they've gone through and ideas on yeah. um, what to do. It, the important part is that they do um, move forward. Uh, check out the programs because you know leave, people in small towns think they don't exist, but they really do. You'll find them throughout the town. I'm finding that up in here, too, in Pennsylvania. So don't not think that this is like a a problem uh, that the people in your own little town don't have a solution for or that there's no help in that, that town or the next town. There's always going to be. So you just have to kind of look for it. Leave yourself open. You know, pay attention to, like, the people around you who... You interact with daily, or if you go shopping every week, just say, I'll make eye contact. And you, little by little, you're actually establishing a community around you. You know, it's whatever you need. That's your community. So it's going to make you start feeling that you're part of something. You know, and it can come to a point where I've given even, you know, I was always heavy medical. So every year I ended up at doctors around Christmas. I would always give them out presents and whatnot because they were part of my community, you know, around the holidays. just something I did, you know, and I, I just still enjoy giving. Well, I mean, it's sad the kids are in the hospital, but I still enjoy knowing um, that I'm sending stuff to those kids because, the worst place for a kid to be is in pain in a hospital in, in my, you know, eyes right now. And that's openly. So in which way it makes you feel good, point yourself in the right direction and just take that first step, even if it's little. Just do something different than what you used to do. And you're going to make your own little community and you make your own little family. That's that's what the world is about. That's right. And, and take baby steps. You know, sometimes, um, mm-hmm. especially with alcoholics, <laughs> all right, you know, they'll say, oh, I'm going to go do this, all right. 
and, and it's too big of a step for them emotionally. They don't know this psychologically. They don't know this, and um, whatever it might be, and they they crash, they fall, and then they end up going back to drinking um, or drugging. Um, anything that alters the mind is a drug. When I was in college, I um, I, I made a professor so mad. <laughs> He walked out and slammed the door. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's funny. The re- Look, I came from a, a, a family where there was too much alcohol, all right? And um, believe me, anything that changes the way you normally behave is a drug, okay? I consider alcohol a drug. And I thought, oh, boy, I'm not going to pass this on my, I'm not going to get certified. I'm not going to do this or this is a bad thing. Oh, no, honey, maybe he just didn't want me in his class again. I don't know, but I got it. <laughs> all right? You know, I got the certifications, all the things that I need. But what, around this time of the year, it's very, very important to keep your eye. Look, most families have one person, one person that um, feels really, really bad about themselves, and maybe it's because they were abused. And we're survivors. You know, we should be able to sort of like sort of like see certain signs, you know. And if you don't know the signs yourself, then look them up. That's on our, our website too. You know, look them up. Look up the red signs, the red flags, the red flags of abuse. Another thing we can do too we can we can pass out information during this time of the year too because you see don't forget um huh, school they're going to be closing down at christmas time all right and kids are going to be home what for 12 days or something how long is it usually it's quite a few days and um during that time you know and it's a rough year for a lot of people because a lot of people don't have the money that they need and so forth and they couldn't you know buy things that they wanted and all this other stuff it's just a rough time. And if they're home with the abuser, that's not a good thing, okay? It's not a good thing. So just, you know, learn the signs, the red flags, and uh, and and uh, say something, do something, call the cops if you have to, because that's what we the survivors should be doing, you know. I think so. What do you think, Nancy? You're there. Is that you going, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I'm still recovering mm. from COVID, and it's been it's been a process getting the rest of that little bit of stuff out. Sorry, y'all, but thank you. I'm That's okay. Myself. <laughs> That's um, okay. But I just was saying, um, you know, I think I think it's so important. A lot of what you guys are sharing tonight is really important for people to listen to and and to hear tonight because people are dealing with real life anxiety. And people are feeling alone, um, you know, family members, children. People are having issues. Some people are going through conflict with their children, going through issues with stepchildren, going through issues with in-laws and just and family members and blended families and whatever have you, you know. Um, and it's just a tough time. It can be a tough time of year. Um, and like I shared earlier, you know, some people are, uh, have been through the foster care system, so they've never really built that connection with family. So, you know, they don't have family. 
And then some um, are learning about family through their in-laws. Like some of them didn't have families, and now that they're married, they have access to a beautiful family. So that transition of, um, of change can be very difficult at times. Um, but, you know, it, is, it, it can be a beautiful thing, and I think definitely learning how to maneuver. Mm-hmm. Learning how to maneuver and learning some of the tools can be very beneficial so that we don't collapse and feel alone um, and or, you know, just find ourselves in a tough situation cannot handle. But I think it's really important the fact that we're able to be transparent and honest with some of this, um, you know, some of the ways that we've dealt with it ourselves personally or um, some of the ways that we feel. So I don't know. Um, I don't want to put you on the spot, Philip, so you don't have to answer, but was any of this conversation helpful to you at all tonight? Some of the tools? I'm not sure if he's still there. But, um, yeah. yeah, sometimes he walks away from the phone, whatever. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. not sure if he's still there. But, um, but for me, um, I think it was it was helpful to remember that it's okay not to be okay, and it's okay not to overextend yourself, and it's okay to take a break, and it's okay to not be forced to go around people that you don't feel safe going around. It's just a good reminder because sometimes we do you know, we're nice, uh, we try to continue to be nice, and um, and it's to the detriment of ourselves that trying to be nice. But really, you know, the first person that we have to protect is ourselves, is, is the little us. Let's, let's go back to that. You know, it's the little us, and uh, and it's okay to say no. You know, it's, it is one complete sentence, and, uh, and we can do something different this year. By um, by maybe visiting the family members or the loved ones at another date. We don't have to celebrate on that specific date where everybody's there, uh, allowing ourselves to feel overwhelmed. But we can definitely say, hey, I'll go over there on, on next week or I'll go over there. Hey, like me, <clears throat> my, some, it could be a good excuse. I'm still recovering. I don't want to be coughing around people, <laughs> you know. Um, I think by that time, I think I might be clear, though, by that time. But, um, you know, for example, you know, it's okay to, you know, take some time to take care of yourself. So I was just in agreement with that. I, I loved everything I was hearing tonight, and I think those were some wonderful tools, and I'm glad that we were able to share them tonight. Absolutely. Yeah. hmm well, you know, um, another place where people can go um, to find a lot of information, I like it when people look things up. I like it when people ask me, where did you get it from? Because then that way they learn, okay? And, you know, it's like having a book or, or just plain information in the middle of the night. Now, I'm up all night long, so it doesn't bother me at all. But um, people who sleep normal, okay, um, you know, they might go to bed and they might have flashbacks and they might have nightmares. They might have all kinds of things that people go through. And then they, you know, they don't think about calling me or, or calling anybody. But if they have some information they can look at, you know, it's helpful. It's, it really is helpful. I've had people tell me that. And then they started calling me. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, the um, I just want people to have this uh this information here is the Jed, that's J-E-D, that's J-E-D, foundation.org, 
and this is from 2022, so it's pretty darn current. And during this time, too, that we didn't mention, and again, this goes back to alcohol and drug abuse and all this other stuff, many times with the intimate, you know, partner situations, um, there's a lot of violence because of alcohol and drugs. Uh, I grew up with all that stuff in my family. We had guns everywhere. We had knives everywhere. Um, but I must say, no one used those. They they were almost like the, the stooges, the three stooges. Sometimes I'd laugh, as Tom Lurie one time. They they would look so stupid. You know, like <laughs> they'd be drunk and, and all this other stuff. And, and they'd get into fistfights. Terrible fistfights, though. And they weren't funny, really, when you think about it. They just looked stupid at the time. They never once picked up a gun. They never once picked up a knife. That depends on the individual, okay? And a lot of that comes many times from the background that we have. Many people come from volatile houses like I did. I saw, I started mopping blood off my mother's face when I was four years old. You wanted to know a little something about my story, okay? I saw so much domestic violence. And then these clowns, everybody was from New York on that side, and, and they'd get so mad at each other, and, and, and they'd drink and, and get into other things, and they'd beat each other up. And I used to watch all this. And uh, a lot of times, now with me, I, I don't know, I think I became numb. You you have the fight, you have the flight, right? You have the freeze. Sometimes I would freeze. Um, and then you have fawn. That's F-A-W-N, fawn. And fawn is uh, actually you become a, a people pleaser. That's a, a new one that they've come up with, fawn, okay? And uh, you tend to want to please people too much, and that too can can be. Now, I love to please people. and I mean, I love to give things. I was taught to give things because we had more, Okay. They were always very wealthy. They just didn't spend it on me, and I had to go steal my own clothing. Figure that one out. I'll tell you about it sometime. But the point is I was very neglecting. I was a kid that wasn't meant to be. My mother got raped. Um, out I popped, and she pushed me off as the other side of the family, and I looked a little bit like her, so no one can, you know, thought that I wasn't one of them, okay? And boy, did I get a surprise at the age of 14, when my grandmother on the other side of the family figured out I wasn't one of them. And then when my mother passed away, my stepfather, my mother had remarried. She got away from that jerk. He wasn't my father anyway. Um, my mother remarried, and he said, I have something to tell you. And out it came. So then I went and had ancestry. My daughter bought it for me and uh, brought it over, and I found out what I was. <laughs> I wasn't one of them. So... You know, it's a, it's a, a hard thing, a hard life for so many people. You know, I'm not certainly unique. Everybody has things. Everybody has scenes. But uh, with the teen situation, I just want this out here for the mental health stats because we are coming up to the holidays, and um, kids are already under much, much too, you know, too many things right now because of the way we're all living, okay? It's, it's very uh, scary for a lot of people. And um, so with the teen suicide results from 2022 um, shows that ages 15 to 19 is very, very bad in the teenage years. It can be 12 to 30-something, like I said before, 34, I know what that number was. But in more decent you know, studies that they did, more in-depth type of studies, they've decided this is for the mental health stats 
and that's the America's Health Ranking. What is that ranking? I can't read my own writing. Rankings dot org. America's Health Rankings dot org. Um, it gives you better stats, and that's 15 to 19 year olds. There's a, a huge jump in that. See, we're not going up to age 34. We're talking about four years here. That's frightening. All right. Mental health and suicide stats. Um, the second leading cause of death for teenagers and young adults ages, there you go, to 10 to 34, from the CDC 2022, is 25% of adults ages 18 to 24 reported seriously thinking about doing it, killing themselves. High school kids suffer from sadness and hopelessness. We don't live in a happy world right now. We have to somehow learn how to be happy, all right? Um, okay, so sadness and hopelessness in the past year, it has risen 36.7%, all right? Among college students, is 29.1% have been diagnosed with anxiety. 23% have been diagnosed with depression. Again, the anxiety turns into depression, that's where it comes from. Many times you're very hyper, you're very filled with anxiety and all this other stuff, and then it turns into depression. And that's what we were talking about earlier in the signs, all those many signs to look for. But the biggest one of those signs that I've learned over the years is a change in behavior. If you have a kid that's happy and all of a sudden they're sad, look at it. Sit them down. Talk to them. And, and ask them, is there something going on what's making you sad? Maybe they're being bullied in school. Look what happened to the 17-year-old that I just saw on the news. I watch a lot of news. The 17-year-old who got killed by his classmates. I think it was 15 that were beating him up. And he died. Okay? So, I mean, kids hear all this stuff. This is what we're living with right now. And it's, it's just a, a, a terrible thing. So... That's a good uh, place to go to if you want to learn about mental health because that's just the tip of the iceberg, and I, I don't have near enough time to uh, get into that. Um, but with the intimate partner, that's gone up. Um, children at home, usually it's head injuries, and it usually it's toddlers that end up in the ER room, okay, um, and that's gone way up. So I have to tell people these things because um, I also tell them, Look, kids don't ask to be born. I can vouch for that, okay? And you don't ask to be born, even in the best of circumstances. But if you're going to have little kids, the very least you can do is is control yourself. If you and your husband or, you know, your boyfriend, whatever, whatever, um, are having an argument, take it outside. Don't do it near your children who are going to see this. Because I'm the one that was four years old mopping blood off of my mother's face, okay? And any time you want to talk about it, you can call me up and I'll tell you all about it, why it's a bad thing. So with this intimate partner uh, situation, that too is on the rise. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about teenagers who are very sad and depressed. A lot of them can't have vision. There's too much talk about the end of the world. <laughs> I've seen that on TV. I don't know if they see that or not. 
but um, I don't have teenagers anymore. So, um, but you know, the point is, there's a, and and you know, the, the parents talk so much about so many things in front of the children. Maybe sometime it's not a good idea, especially with what we're going through in the world right now and in our country. But if you see a change in your kids' behavior, they're not happy anymore. They're not calling their friends as much. They spend too much time in their room. Um, and for God's sake, watch the cell phones, okay? Watch the gaming rooms and, and, and the computers. Watch what's going on. Because don't forget, these kids, a lot of times, who all of a sudden maybe lose friends, maybe that's why they're sad, okay? Um, they, what do they do? They go, on the, uh, they go on their phone, they play all kinds of games, they get into game rooms and all this other stuff. And you have the, the pedophiles out there, the perverts, and they're watching and they're looking for this. They're looking for kids who need someone to talk to, and they're past masters at it, past masters at it. A lot of times they're looking for boys, Philip. Oh, yeah, they want boys, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. They want boys because what they do is they'll put a pretty girl, pretty girl all of a sudden, you know, like, I don't know, be before him on his phone. And they talk for days, and they get friendly, and blah, 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 and he thinks he's having a really good time getting to know this girl and all this other stuff. And then it turns to something that's not so nice. You know, it gets a little sexual. Kids do these things. Adults do these things. People do these things. Well, before you know it, the girl isn't so nice, and then they're going to blackmail him. They're going to blackmail him. That's called sexting. Okay, that's what they're doing on the phone, sexting, and they don't even know it. So people have to educate their children. They have to sit them down and tell them, stay out of chat rooms. Don't do it. Watch the game rooms and let them, you know, keep them off the phone a little bit more because they have too much access. I remember the days when kids went out and played more. I don't know about you guys, but I remember that. They rode bicycles, <laughs> okay? They played baseball. They played stickball in the street. Lori knows about stickball, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, things like, and things like that, you know. So um, today they don't have that. I mean, they might have a little bit of it, and there are some sports, yes, but it's not like it used to be. Now everything is on the cell phone, and that's all they get involved with. And if they don't do it right and they get into the wrong rooms, and then they have a problem. They have a major problem. We had a girl that disappeared that way who came on as a guest. She was 17 years old. I'll tell you this when we get to the end of the, um, the show here. But she was 17 years old, and I'm going to try very hard to get her to come back on. Now, she would be a great guest. Um, she was 17 years old at the time, and it was uh, a holiday. It was New Year's Eve, and they had a huge party. She won't mind me telling the story. They had a huge party, and um, it came to dessert time. And the kids said she wanted to go outside. She wanted to go outside. She wanted to get some air. They laughed and said, go ahead. It's cold out. Go ahead. Well, this girl had been going back and forth on on her her phone with this guy, okay? And um, what happened is um, he then wanted to meet her, didn't he? So she had him park two houses down from her house. So if someone looked out the window, they wouldn't see her getting into a car or whatever. She thought she was going to be meeting another 17, maybe 18-year-old guy. 
he was in his 40s, about 45 years old. So it was dark, and, and he bent over to open up the car door for her to, you know, get in. And the windows were down. They were talking back and forth. I bet she's on one side. He's on the behind. You know, he's the driver, and she's on the passenger side. She couldn't really see him that well. So he opens up the door. No light in that car, honey. Oh, no. And he pulls her in, and there was no doorknob on the inside right of that door. Okay. Yes, he could get it open, but not easily. And it was too late. He took her towns away. It might even have been a state away. Um, And he had prepared for this. His garage in the back of the house was for her. The garage. This guy was 45 years old. So he would go to work in the daytime, and she was tied up, chained up in the garage. So then he'd come home from work, and he'd do his thing with this girl, barely feeding her. She was cold. He had a little bit of heat in there, but not much, and um, just a very bad scene. So the funny part and the wonderful part at the same time of this thing is um, this pervert, all right, he had a friend, and he told the friend this story, and he even turned him off. He turned him off. That guy got a hold of the FBI. Now, of course, he knows where his friend lives. He told a friend, you know, on his friend and and the FBI, long story short, they went there, went to the garage, found the girl tied up and and chained up. And and a pill here for that and a pill here for that, you know what I'm saying? And, And disgusting, awful, all bruised up. They certainly got her out of those chains and covered her with a blanket. And then they hid and they waited for that monster to come in there. And he went in there, and they had him. Now, this is what can happen. I want people to hear this story. It's not my story. It's this girl's story. And I'm hoping that maybe I'll ask Bill her name again. I'll go down that long list, and I'll find her name, and I will get her on the show if she's willing to come on, because it's so, so important because we have so many crimes that are committed today, right now as we speak, because of the Internet and because of the cell phones, maybe kind of game rooms and all this other stuff, they ask them to move to a different platform so that they can't be seen. Nobody else is watching, and they do their thing online, and all kinds of things can happen. Okay. So these are the things that we at NASCA should be educating the public about. Yes, tonight we spoke about depression, and that's very important around this time of the year. And and we spoke about other things. And now I'm telling you about the Internet because it's so important, and your children, to sit them down. And don't ever say to your child, because I told you so. That's not good enough. Because kids have brains, and they're not going to listen to you anyway. But if you say to a child, I need for you to stay out of this room that I see that you've been in, okay? And then tell them that there are bad people out there who look for little kids. And then you don't have to go in total detail, but enough, enough to let them know that it's a dangerous thing to do. Then the child knows, Mommy and Daddy love me enough that they're going to keep me safe again, not just cross in the street. 
um, not just taking candy from a stranger, but they're keeping me safe here too. Okay, and and the child can understand then, because if you just say because I told you so, they'll continue to do it. That's kids. That's what we do. All right. So these are things that need to be spoken about. And around this time of year, it is a good idea to make copies, you know, of the red flags and ask if you can, you know, put them on bulletin boards. I do it around this time of the year, like in ShopRite or, other, you know, other stores, so that people can learn about child abuse. Very, very important. That's one way of spreading the word and maybe one way of keeping kids safer. So there you go. You know, I saw on the grocery store board that they actually, and this was at Walmart, they have now um, taken on missing children um, posters or papers that were, you know, the posters and whatever, and a bunch. It was 20 missing children sitting right by, you know, the whole middle where everybody could see it and not tiny built up. It's like they made it bigger, just like the FBI's wanted signs that they mm-hmm. would say missing children, and it was so sad. But yes. people, I noticed, because I watch them, I'm the one who sits on the bench while, you know, it does a cashier thing. I can't stand that long. So I watch these people <laughs> come over to the board and whatnot, and they're actually looking at them. Her one lady yeah. said that she was so like blown away because a lot of them were teenagers, you know. Like, and you know, you think a teenager, oh well, you know, they're almost of age to go. So people don't look that hard, as if it, it was a smaller child, which isn't fair at all. And then they, you know, some people they tend to want to hide the smaller children as to like not expose public to what's really happening because it's mm-hmm. just so awful. Maybe they think they'll lose business or something or whatever. But there's, on that end, work is being done. Yeah, so it works. You know, Lori, let me tell you something. Now, I don't know if all Walmarts are the same, okay? Uh, (laughs) But um, in the Walmart that I go in, in in Hackettstown, okay, there's, um, by missing and exploiting, exploited children, they have pictures also. And um, so, see, they deal with that, and the FBI deals with that, you know, with kids that are being trafficked out, say. See, a lot of those kids, God bless them, uh, the, the, the one thing that I saw in my Walmart, and I'm glad that your Walmart has that now, because it should be in every Walmart. It should be in every store. Even, even I don't care, daycare centers should have it, maybe not for the kids to see, although they could tell them a little something about it. And, you know, because so often kids, they're such easy prey, that's P-R-E-Y, pray, because uh, they don't know any better, because they haven't had their parents tell them. If someone approaches you, you don't know them, scream. Kids always have big mouths, scream, (laughs) okay? And that draws attention to them, and then the person takes off. You think about it, it's easy enough to do, and you may have saved your kid's life. So what they also have on these, um, with missing and exploited children, they have... Maybe the kid was taken like five years ago, I'm just saying. And um, so then they'll have the progression type of picture of what they look like today. And it's just so, so sad. You're right. 
because uh, obviously those kids, I don't know, are they out on the street somewhere? Sometimes they're they're taken for different you know reasons. Sometimes, most of the time, sexual, yes. But then uh, sometimes they have them working on farms, and they have them doing like you know terrible kinds of weird type of work. All right, in factories, um, things like that. If they're older, say if a kid gets uh, taken when they're 16, now those pictures aren't usually on uh, in Walmart, but if a, a, a child is taken at the age of 16, um, a lot of times they use them in, um, in motels and hotels to do that type of work, you know, making the beds, things like that. They have all different ways of, of using children. And don't forget, it's a $150 billion industry. That's ridiculous. A hundred and fifty billion dollar industry. That's how bad kids people want kids. Those perverts out there. No matter what it is they use them for, the point is they're a part of that hundred and fifty billion dollar industry. So we have so much to talk about. We have so much to think about. There's so much work we can do. There's so much that, you know, we can do, we can write our books, we can do presentations, we can write our music, we can do um, our poetry, um, we can have, you know, the shows here, like what we have, and, and all this other stuff. And in the meantime, let me tell you something, when you're busy doing something that's good, that's positive, um, it also helps you heal a little bit faster. It absolutely does, because when you feel good about yourself doing something good, um, well, it makes you heal faster. It just simply does. And self-care, yes, that, that that's that's very important because um, we need to be kind to ourselves. There are some times, like once a month, I'll do something really nice for myself. Um, I hate to say this. Even if it's taking myself out for an ice cream cone, <laughs> just saying whatever it is, you know, I'll do something nice for myself, and um, or maybe I'll order in, maybe I'll order in, okay, food or something, and uh, take care of your skin, you know, do the best you can, whatever you can do for yourself. Um, people are telling me to dye my hair blonder. I'm thinking about it. I'm just thinking, <laughs> you know. Um, Things like that, you know, self-care, things that are going to make you happy. Because um, today is here, but tomorrow is not promised, okay? It's just not. And I hate to put it that way, but we don't know. And, you know, even before all this garbage started, that's that that was true back then too, okay, a few years ago. I mean, tomorrow is never promised. We just, we know what we're in right now. So, but still and all, pick a day, do something nice for yourself, take a ride, whatever. You know, it, it's important because um, we have to learn to love ourselves. I love myself today. I didn't some years ago. No. Um, I, I hated myself. And I believed things that were negative from other people. Now, today I have choice words for them. Makes me feel better. <laughs> you know, just... Uh, New York side of me, I guess. But um, I feel good about myself that uh, people can't hurt me anymore. And when you get to that point, that's what you call being comfortable in your own skin, like Bill talks about. 
That's an AA thing. But there's truth in it. Because when you're comfortable in your own skin, um, I'm not saying that, you know, you can't think about some of the things people say. Maybe some there's some truth in it. But if there isn't, you know, you're comfortable enough in your own skin where it's not going to harm you. Okay? It's not going to harm you. We tend to be very sensitive people and for good reason. Okay? When so much happens to us when we're growing up, um, our defense mechanism many times, you know, is is not quite as what it would be or should be. Or maybe it's overly sensitive. We go through these things, all these emotional differences. I'm going to do a night um, on emotional because people are asking me to. I'm going to do a full show on emotional abuse and how it affects us. I might do that next Friday. We'll see. I have so much, so many papers here. For God's sake. I I have a lot of topics. But anyway, I think we we went through a lot of things tonight. And um, hopefully they're helpful to some people. So. Yeah, I think think so. I do think so. Yeah. Um, There's another way to... You know, like for me, came out to my healing mostly came because, thankfully, I was given a gift of colors, and that brought me, that started me on my trip out of the depression because depression's all dark. But the more I saw the colors, I noticed yeah. I was starting to heal. So what I've developed over the years of figuring all that out and doing things, I said I now have enough room and I set up stations of, of different projects that I have. Instead of working on something, you know, for the kids all day long, I can break it up and do something for like the seniors or I could do something for the other per you know, whatever it is. As long mm-hmm. as I'm looking at color, I don't care. You know? So if a person um, you know, sets up like a project time Maybe even through the holidays, do a project instead of feeling bad about yourself. Do a really big puzzle, you know, concentrate on that for a while. Just something to take you out of, you know, what's going on there. Anything to take you out of what's going on there. So Yeah, that's good. You know, that's good. And some people find I, I music, do. you know. Well, yeah, I love my music. Everybody's I, 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 I love it. I love it. I love it, Lord. I run around the house singing and people think I'm nuts and I don't care. You see, <laughs> today I don't care what they think of me. <laughs> and I told you once before, you know, it was summertime, and I'm singing at the top of my lungs because I used to sing in New York, you know. You know that, but the others don't know that. And and um, <laughs> they're going, go, Carol, go. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> I felt embarrassed. But um, I, um, no, I, I love music. I love singing. I play the piano from time to time. I play do a song. You know, and um, but you know, it's just that, um, yeah, you have to always find something. And Lori, you do beautiful work. I don't know, mm-hmm. Lori does bead work. She does bead work. She made and she made me this skull. It's really cool. I like it a lot. And um, and then she gave me um, this also this uh, the scenery of of autumn, beautiful, and the butterflies. I love them. You know, just beautiful things. And we know color the faces already. Huh? <laughs> like, you, um, I don't care. <laughs> listen, when look, I listen when people have talent. I don't care who they are. Okay, I talk about it. 
And you see what we don't realize as survivors until we get to a certain degree. I mean, I'm probably about 90% healed now. I still have little things yet. But um, nothing that's going to hold me back. But, you know, the point is until we reach a certain amount of healing where we're comfortable within ourselves, okay, um, a lot of times we don't even know we have talent, okay? Now, with me, it was a different thing. I mean, I, I grew up singing and stuff like that. I, I did that. Um, I knew I had talent with that. But, you know, a lot of times um, I never thought I'd write a book. I made it to Japan and down under. I had somebody talking to me about that the other day. Not It wasn't just you, somebody else. But um, it's still going all over the place. No, I'm not getting a cent for it, and I don't know why. But um, then another part of me says, you know what? I really don't care. That might, may sound weird. I just wanted my... I want my story out there. I want people to, you know, to see what, um, you know, terrible abuse can do to a kid. So maybe a little bit of me cares. <laughs> I don't know. But the point is um, we we are people of worth. We are people of worth. And we just have to learn what that worth is. Yeah. No, you know, you all were just saying things that were right on point. So I think, um, you know, it was just, it was just uh, perfect. I, I wanted to say something. I know you addressed the importance of talking to these kids about their, you know, being on the phone and entering these rooms. And, and sometimes we have to just take a little break from social media. Um, and then I'm just bringing it back. I know we're about to close out, but bringing it back to the the blues. Um, sometimes being on social media and watching how other people are living and some of their accomplishments, if you're going through a hard time, can be very excuse me can be very challenging and put a lot of pressure. Um, but even though people see you post all the good things, because a lot of times I, I post good things, but I don't always post the hard things. And just like mm-hmm. people go through good things, they also go through hard things, right? Like I didn't post, I have COVID, um, my lungs hurt. I didn't, you know, I didn't post that. So people didn't know what was going on in the background. They may just see an old video of me from a couple of months ago, you know, doing a hairstyle or something. But in the moment, <clears throat> the reality is people don't know what you're going through in that moment. So as we're talking about those holiday blues, Sometimes taking a break, and I've done that, and I'm right now I'm not on social media like I was. I've taken a break myself to rest my mind and, and just focus on my healing. And, um, and I think that that's something that these kids, you know, and not just the kids, the adults, everyone could take, um, can benefit from taking a break from social media and just kind of, you know, not comparing yourself to some of the things that you see on social media. Because you really don't know. I, I agree. I agree with that. Um, and and I think we're almost out of time. I don't know. My clock is weird. <laughs> but um, you know, um, sometimes I'll take like a, a two day break. I mean, just not even um, if I can. I'll try. I'll take a two day break. Um, maybe Lori and I will speak. But I mean, from the rest of the people, you know, from the people, because otherwise. 
one time I actually got a really bad headache when I did. I had all these people contacting me. And uh, a lot of people want to be my friends, and I don't know these people. Sometimes I think to myself, well, there's a couple guys that want to be my friends. I don't know them. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm single now. You know, I have been for five years. I haven't been looking, okay. But on the other <laughs> hand, it would be kind of nice, you know. <laughs> and then you think, that. see, this is where I get a little weird. Christmas is coming, and I'm thinking, wouldn't it be nice if I had a nice guy? <laughs> yeah. Okay, you know, all these things. <laughs> because I look back, I've been married twice, right? Um, and that's another thing. We have trouble with relationships, and, and I didn't know how to pick, did I? Oh, no, no, no. I got beaten and all this other stuff. And um, that was very bad. But, you know, the point is this. Um yeah, I'm, I'm ready to sort of like look for somebody, but I'm not going to do it on social yeah. media. Look at that gal I just told you about, the 17-year-old. See what I'm saying? Now you need yeah. to go to the church. That's where you're going to meet someone. My daughter is on the board of the church. Now, I'm Catholic, but she turned to um, Protestant. I, I don't care. It's okay. All right, it's okay. And uh, but they do have um, community dinners there, not just for the homeless. You can, uh, you know, it's like a mix of people. And uh, yeah, I might try that. Nice. I don't know. We'll see. It's their thought. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, so um, Philip, are you still there? No, he's not on. No, oh, he he hung up all of a sudden. Okay. So um. I probably scared him away with something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But, but uh, you know, no, I think we had a good show, and I thank you for coming in very at the very last minute there because, um, I don't know, the schedule got a little screwed up or something, whatever. And, um, you know, so I, I was ready to be my own host and do my own show like I do on Fridays or whatever. It doesn't matter. It was nice that you, know, that you came on. I either way. <laughs> Well, you, you know, know what? That. It, it, listen, we had a good show. We did. And, and you know, everybody was, had something good to say, you know? Yeah, well. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Everybody so. did. Job well done. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, too. Yeah. Here at 9.30. So, um, you know, everyone, again, thank you guys, everyone, for joining. We had a wonderful show. And... Say everyone a good night. Good night. Good night to you. Okay, we'll talk soon. All right, then. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 